Jones. Hello, and welcome to the Saladcast on Saturday, the 21st of March, 2020. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Virtually. And Robert Kemp. What, you're only partially here? It's <laughs> not what I said, but okay. You're virtually. You're virtually here. I mean, you're nearly here. Yeah, I mean, that's also literally true, usually. <laughs> like, technically, I'm <laughs> virtually at your house all the time. Virtually in the grand the scheme time. of things. <laughs> some, some percentage of time is at my house. Well, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, we only live a number of miles apart, so it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm virtually at your house on the... On the like global scale uh, I see. Uh, we live a number of miles apart it's just a bigger number i mean on the global scale yeah they could apply to anyone in the uk <laughs> really i don't know or do you have to measure it in time is it like virtually near your house like less than an hour yeah probably that sounds like a, a like a reasonable time scale for like human travel distances where it's like if it's more than an hour that's like quite a serious trip <laughs> hmm. Requires a bit of planning. Unless you live in America, of course, where they'll drive eight hours for no particular reason. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I'm just going across the entire state for for the weekend. And it's like, and how long of that do you actually spend at your location? About two minutes. <laughs> Got to turn around and come back. We just love driving and burning that gasoline. It's cheap. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's going to get even cheaper at the moment. Yeah, Few people buying it, so they get desperate. Is that how that works? Everyone no, get in your cars. Be like isolated a... in your cars, people. Yeah. Well, I'm always virtual, so not always, but mostly. I mean, you were never real. Yeah, I was never <laughs> real. I was never really here. <laughs> Just a figment. So, welcome can you, to. Can you be a figment on its own, or do you have to be a figment of something? I think that doesn't it just imply the other half of that phrase. Yeah, I guess. It's a bit more lyrical to say you're a figment as opposed to figment of my imagination. But then the of implies there could be of something else. Like I'm a figment of a podcast. <laughs> what is a figment? Oh no, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Grammar corner. It's tied to Google. <laughs> Yeah, you're about to say something about the podcast, though. I cut you off. I, 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 I gave you a figment of a sentence. That, as you <laughs> could probably tell from our new spanking new intro music, it spanked. Right. And uh, new intro words. This is a new season of the Sidecast. Whoop whoop. What season are we on? Eleven. That means we've been going ten years. Irado. <laughs> What I say to that, Irano, indeed. Figment, noun, a thing that someone believes to be real but that exists only in their imagination. Yeah. Oh, so it does just imply the other half. Yeah, of that. It does. It doesn't. So you can't just say like a figment is a sort of like a small portion or a what well, could be an imaginary part of something. I suppose a figment of my imagination. Well, no, that doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> hmm. So if I said that like a figment of a podcast, does that mean I dreamt a podcast or a bit of a podcast? Yeah, you you imagined part of a podcast. <laughs> Wiktionary's got a slightly different definition. It says a fabrication, be... fantasy, invention, something fictitious. Okay, yeah. So that makes that makes of something more usable then, hmm. in the way I'm thinking. I wonder if something can be figmented. <laughs> 
Well, like fictionalizing. <laughs> Turned yeah. into a figment. That's it's, a, it's, a fig, it's a figmented truth. What? It started off true and then it became, became a figment. <laughs> it started off as a lie and then became an alternative fact and then became <laughs> figmented truth. Figmented news. <laughs> Our currency of choice. How is everyone surviving in the apocalypse? Uh, apocalypse is, is going. I mean, yeah, it's continuing kind of. to go. It's a trendly apocalypse. <laughs> it's fairly trendly. Zach's fully prepared for social distancing. I was never not prepared. <laughs> exactly. He's way ahead of us. Yeah, way ahead. I mean, he's even poo-pooed coming here, you know. Wow, that really is social distancing. <laughs> well, I thought would, since we're recording this and putting it out to theoretical people, we should probably set an example. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. Well, that. <laughs> but we could just say you're somewhere else. <laughs> I think they'd be able to tell from the mic quality. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Stay where you are, everyone. Yeah. Includes you, Zeg. No problem. <laughs> you're set up. <laughs> I was being a right grumpy old man on the uh, on on my on our runners chat thread about um, you know none of us can really run as a group anymore, which is my favourite no. way to run. I don't like running on my own, so I, I got totally oh. not motivated, and so didn't do it today. And now my legs are screaming at me saying, "Do something!" Oh dear, um, you're going to have to run alone. Yeah, you'll yeah. figure that out. But I was a, a proper grumpy old man, and it was like, "Well, this, should, this will do, will they ban like the annoying screamy kids from playing outside our house?" Apparently not. They're still there. Well, they were still there until the sun went down. Technically, exercise, quote-unquote, is an okay excuse to go out. Yeah. But football's a contact sport. I don't think football's <laughs> a good idea. Yeah. It's not supposed to be a contact sport, but it kind of is. Tennis, maybe. I think if you assume that all the, like, the children are all from like the same vicinity, then it's less bad if one of them no, spreads the illness bad. between them it's still like bad. it's bad but it's not as bad as if it was like a football team where they live in like different parts of a city <laughs> the parents True. around here just assume that they just have a pox party on the green and if all the kids get it they're probably not that much at risk are they so we're just going back to like measles or whatever get those kids infected yeah. now absolutely yeah Doesn't so much the kids are the problem, though, is that the kids will pass it on to. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole us, idea. Us normal people. <laughs> us non kids. Well, you know, child demographic. If they get ill, they won't be able to scream nearly as much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, that's why I'm kind of thankful it's a respiratory problem. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I was looking today for that. Um, old web comic from Happy Saturday where you were talking about it being day three in the cage. <laughs> I think it's day eight in the cage now. I couldn't find I it, by the way. I don't know where that one's gone. No, I don't know where they've gone. Um, yeah, I don't, I've only had to work from home for three days so far. I've done all last week and Friday the week before. So, so um, yeah, and it's foreseeable future. Yeah. There's, they've still got, um, well, partial news, I suppose. I think it's EGX resed um, are still holding out hope that everything will be ready by July 
No. They haven't cancelled. They haven't cancelled anything yet. That's stupid. I mean, Res is their sort of like indie show, isn't it? So it's <laughs> the, the Olympics still haven't been cancelled yet. <laughs> not, Somehow, not officially. it's inevitable. Yeah. You need at least they cancelled Glastonbury because which I was because I got tickets, but luckily they're going to honour them for next time, which is great. Oh, excellent! Yeah, yeah, because it's I think they've... pain in the ass trying to get tickets, so uh, you have to be very. It, lucky. Yeah, it's weird that like in the in the at least in the running community, like a lot of the a lot of them have been postponed instead of like outright cancelled. So some of them are now turning up at weird times of the year. Others, yeah. others that I think I'm in have basically said we're going to postpone it for a year, which is basically the same as cancelling it, but it's like deferring your entry, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't. London Marathon. They're saying that it will run in October, which is odd. It may or may not. <laughs> yeah. We'll see where we are by then. I don't think that's a good idea. Even by October, we will see. Yeah, I don't know. You'll be in resurgence season around then. Yeah. God, it's going to take. Is it really going to be that long? It's, yeah. This is the bit I'm not, I can't quite fathom. Is like, is it really? Because this is going to be the worst. Yeah, it's going to take ages. Lockdown. I'm kind of surprised it's going to take like an entire year to make a vaccine. You would have thought we would have been quite good at that kind of thing. Right they now. might do it a bit faster. Well, they're saying twelve to eighteen months, but I wouldn't. I'd be surprised if it was over 12 given that there's if you think about the economic imperative to develop a vaccine right and it's not like those scientists are going to be able to do anything else with their time really yeah it's like (laughs) the most important thing in the world right now is to get that vaccine so like i'm sure we could do it a bit faster than normal but even Um, then like an entire year because like you know very basic understanding of vaccines it's just like i'm going to extremely simplify and this is real bad but it's just like it's a bunch of leftover dead bits of viruses and yeah. you've got a whole shit ton of viruses around right now that you could probably look at yeah i guess yeah, it just I takes time the... because you have to test it on animals and then you have to test it on humans and you have to wait long enough to see if it causes some horrific side yeah, effects before you give it to everyone in the world and uh, presumably there must be some challenge in learning how to actually cultivate it or whatever you do with viruses to make more of it. Like, well, no, know, I get. How well, do you maybe, make more but, dead virus? But they <laughs> already know how to do that with other vaccines, right? I presume. So that yeah. part, maybe they have figured out. But, maybe that's why maybe, it seems maybe. like it shouldn't take nearly as long. Especially, like even like similar vac- uh, viruses, like f- normal flu or whatever, similar kinds of viruses that you'd think they'd have a technique for. Yeah, but on the other hand, they're not like a current. Like the common cold is a coronavirus, and you can't stop that, can you? Apparently. But that's only because it mutates real fast, right? That's the reason yeah, why we don't really true. have vaccines for those kind of ones. Yeah. Because you could make a vaccine, it would just be irrelevant after like six months. <laughs> yeah. Well, Possibly. And maybe that's. <laughs> maybe the cynic in me is now thinking there's some suit somewhere that's going, well, we don't really want to make this. It's going to be a financial disaster because it's not going to No, last. it would be the ultimate product everyone would be well keen to get that well if, if zach's right for like a hot second and then and then it's useless because the virus yeah, is gone and mutated th- thus far we're kind of hoping that this virus isn't going to just mutate and turn into the new cold and then we'll really be fucked mega cold we shall see in the meantime we're all on lockdown and what is there to do but play video games and luckily Please. we're quite well set up for that yeah 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 it's 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 looking to be a fairly decent season of games, so you know there's that. Yeah. Well, assuming that 
some of them can actually get worked on and finished. Because, <laughs> you yeah, know, even video game companies still sometimes need to be in the same room as each other. <laughs> I mean, it helps, but I'm sure that... I mean, I, I, mean I bet it will slow down production. I don't think productivity is going to be as high as it normally would be. But... No. But, you know, we're the games industry. It's like it's the, the technical types will find solutions. Yeah. Working from home revolution is going to happen across digital. It's already happening for our, my company, so I'm sure. I wonder how much of this will stick. Yeah, that's like, cool Yeah, well, quite a lot, I think, probably. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, and including in the game development industry, it'd probably be more common to work remotely. Then you could have remote teams, right, from across the world, like collaborating on games more more than they already do. A lot oh, more, I'm probably. To, I'm trying to remember who it is. Like, I, there are definitely some studios that are almost entirely remote. Already. Yeah, like, that's also true. And yeah, there's a few software companies that are like that in general. But like um, GitHub, I, I think, say, is completely remote, I think, isn't it? Anyway. I want to say Moon Studios started that way, the um, developers of Ori. Um, hmm. I think they began as an entirely remote operation, but maybe they're a bit bigger now and need some actual rooms. Mm. But yeah, we shall see. That's going to be the weird thing where it's like now suddenly everyone is learning how much you can just work from home, and it's just going to be like it's like it's it's like the same with in America where suddenly suddenly all the ISPs have decided that they can actually just get rid of these bandwidth caps. Totally no problem. Yeah, of course yeah. they can. Obviously they can. <laughs> but first, they're going to charge you twice for it for a bit. Well, except they're not going to. They, no, they can't. They're like, we're, we're not going to charge for these unlimited bed rips. And it's like, yeah, but then what, you know, when this is going to be over, what are you going to do then? Are you going to extremely piss everyone off, back off when they turn them back on? Well, it, it basically means that uh, internet service is definitely a utility now, right? Like, yeah. Like electricity and it's water. A, wasn't it? sort of be- on the cusp of becoming a human right at some point like there wasn't that discussion begun what does it mean something, to have a human be- right to electricity or something like that what does that mean i mean it, obviously it's a necessity but is it a human right well like surely that's yeah, like freedom know, is, or something yeah this is, this is where it gets a bit weird for me i don't fully understand these processes but I like remember, if people like, had a right to shelter then there would be no it would be illegal to for governments to allow homelessness, wouldn't it? So surely that's not a right. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Yeah, that's what I mean. I've got no idea. It's like they're they're probably just like optimistic goals. <laughs> yeah. <know>. Okay. <laughs> These are our values. These are our country values. Let's make a five letter acronym and put it on a poster somewhere. Yeah. Well, we. We've got the right hobbies for staying indoors all the time, haven't we? <laughs> Video games. Apart from Rob, with his running. Yeah, apart from my running. Run, no, running's like, okay though. It's just I'll that be, you like fine. it's just, just running like... alone is is allowed. Yeah. Like, or he'll, he'll just have to run around in his garden, <laughs> a very short lap. Like, <laughs> you can't. Really, or yeah. I wait until Ring Fit Adventure comes back in stock, and then I try and get hold of one. Yeah, I've got my guitars and shit. That's quite useful. Um. Games consoles, yeah, films. I mean, if we're still stuck at home at the holiday season, at least there's new consoles to look forward to. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I hear that they might be delayed into next year. 
Well, let's hope not. Uh, I, I, I haven't seen an official word on that yet, but maybe that's a leak from somewhere. That sounds like news. <laughs> well, that not sounds a little bit newsy. <laughs> so what's cancelled? E3 is cancelled. Yeah, that's the biggie. The, the the question is, will E3 ever come back? Yeah, not that related. Is... Yeah, yeah. This is this is. I mean, it's fascinating this stuff because presumably all of the major publishers aren't too fussed about this, and I'm not too fussed because it's the you know the best bit of E3 for people like us who don't go is you know the press conferences and things like that. Yeah. So they won't be able to run them as a press conference. So we're probably all going to get direct like material. Yeah, out direct of them. style. Which might be okay, but we've seen other companies try it on occasion and do a somewhat up and down job. Like I'm not sure if Bethesda have had a particularly great run of occasionally well, they, doing their direct style things. I mean, they, people can't do any worse than than what Square does at E3, which is basically a direct, but a real bad one. Kinda, yeah. Square's <laughs> shows haven't been great for a while. Although last year's wasn't as bad i suppose as it has been they had a number of new announcements last year which is something i think the, it was like their one was just like you got into a haze of hype about Final Fantasy 7 and it, you didn't yeah, yeah. like that was all you remember from that whole thing <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what that wasn't even announced was it at, at square like didn't they do that at sony uh no they did they Oh, and they might not have announced it. They might have announced it before at Sony, but I think they did a whole presentation on, on the Square One. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Not that it was even an announcement at that point. Everyone already knew about it. Sure. But maybe we'll be spared some of EA's nonsense. Well, they already did their own thing, though, right? They had their own thing, yeah, but it wasn't... Last year, they, last year they eschewed the press conference format entirely. And did like a streaming stream. day, yeah. didn't they? Which was garbage. Um, and they had nothing to say anyway. All the any anything interesting they said wasn't really in that thing. It was it was, it was rubbish. Like most of EA these days, troubling time. And I think it's safe to say Ubisoft isn't going to have a problem making a direct. Because their whole presentation is pretty much not even anything to do with the stage anyway. It's just mm. videos. Yeah, I mean, Ubisoft might not have their um, Just Dance stage number. <laughs> well, they might, but they might all stand like six feet apart while dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, all that's going to get troublesome as well. I assume like TV and film is going to have to shut down as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, already like the like, like the late night shows in New York or whatever, they don't have audiences, which is quite weird. Like no laughs. Huh. They need need some uh, high fidelity. Um, what do you call it? <laughs> Skype link to an, to various people watching <laughs> and have them go. <laughs> <laughs> a conference call audience. Yeah, yeah massive conference call of, of people at home laughing. <laughs> That would just be like some amount of white noise. At least it would sound like a distant crowd, I suppose. Like the late show got even bigger. Yeah. And then there'll be that one guy that you could hear really clearly. That guy is funny. I am laughing. Ha ha. I love Skype. The epic return of Moo Guy. 
Yeah. No! <laughs> there'd, be so many, there'd be so many more troll shows, like, wouldn't they? Like, the anonymity, perhaps, of it would mean that, like, yeah. <laughs> you'd have so many more heckles. It could be great. <laughs> so much more middle of the day swearing. <laughs> We've got a call of loose women from the audience. I assume question time will get slightly less uh, entertaining. Yeah, they're already trying to plan what to do for question time. Uh, yeah, so E3, E3, no E3, no in its in its form. Uh, Jeff Keighley might might have known. <laughs> That's he knew like the, this particular reason. He might have been like, yeah, this E3 thing is going away. <laughs> Jeff Keighley, the prophet. <laughs> But it hasn't stopped everything, right? Because we've got new console details. We have, yeah. Things are still happening. So uh, both Microsoft and Sony in the last couple of weeks have uh, fleshed out what they've been... Well, uh, Microsoft fleshed out what they'd already said, effectively, about um, Series X and what's yeah. going to be in it, um, just confirming details here and there. Uh, whereas PlayStation, we got Mark Cerny up on stage up on stage, weirdly, um, weirdly, doing, uh, telling us about what play- PS5's all about. And whilst the consoles are, as predicted, relatively similar in terms of design, they're mm. both relying on the same generation style chips from AMD, for instance, mm-hmm. for, the, for their GPUs and CPUs. And but there are some key differences here and there. There's a kind mm. of that that you know will we'll make the machines different, and you know not just. Not just it doesn't matter, follow the games or follow Game Pass. It's a, it is a little more interesting than that. Yeah. Um, so the Series X is um, b- boasting about hey, so we've got we've got twelve teraflops of power. We've got clock speeds higher than the PlayStation Five across the board. Um, we've got we 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 also have an NVMe SSD, and we also have sixteen gigabytes of GDDR6. Um, mm-hmm. So all of that is kind of the same, but where it gets interesting is, is these little details here and there. So, yeah. especially let's, let's start with the SSD because that's um, PlayStation have been talking about that as the one thing really up to this point. Up that to was, this point, yeah, yeah, that was their go-to. Their Spider-Man if, demo of like super speed through the city. Absolutely, yeah. And if their specification is to be believed, then yeah, they've got one hell of an advantage over the Series X here because mm. their SSD is clocked in at literally twice what the Series X can do. And that NVMe drive that they've put in the X is no slouch either. No. But it, it seems like they've super tuned the the um the pathway of getting shit into memory. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. Like just the raw speed of that of that drive is ridiculous. Um, I, uh, I think they were talk- they were talking about like prioritizing disk access as well. So when you request something off the disk, uh, the disk, off the disk, <laughs> man, I, I, I do that more frequently than I should. Uh, <laughs> say disk wrong. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, you can prioritize your loads like so as a developer. So you can sort of say, oh, I need this right now, as, as opposed to uh, give it to me when you can. Mm. And uh, and things like that. So like without having to build your own sort of queuing system, priority it's system. All just, it's all that's yeah, cool. it's all just in the bus, and it's that's that's kind of cool. That's 
they they are absolutely um, doing what they said they would do. Not just an NVMe drive; it is something extremely custom. Um, but uh, that's the other thing. So, like, the problem with these setups is that using expandable storage, like like the current consoles do, where they let you just plug in your own extra storage devices, no longer really a viable route um, on either platform. Um, you can't really fit that yourself. So it's, uh, Xbox have shown us what their solution is, and it's a proprietary card slot on the back of the machine where you can mm -hmm. plug in a Seagate um, drive, who they are clearly partnering with to do this thing because it's etched into the prototype of the card um, that they've been showing people. Uh, yeah, so who knows exactly how much those things are going to cost and um, probably looking upwards of £100, probably 150 I reckon, for one for of these expansion one terabyte card. expansions. Yeah. yeah, They are a terabyte, supposedly, um, but there's room for those to be bigger and bigger in the future. Um, and yeah, and at, cu at current pricing, I would probably peg that with the proprietary nature, probably about 150 quid to get an extra mm -hmm. terabyte in your in your console. Uh, Sony stuff is going the same route, but they haven't really told us anything about how their uh, proprietary system is going to work. Um, just the well, they said a little bit in that press conference, I think. Well, I think they said it was going. You know, it's a card. It's some you're going to have to plug in something that they provide, but I didn't quite. I haven't seen the detail about what that is. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Uh, so, uh, moving on to things like the GPU and stuff. So, the PS5's uh, overall compute power is estimated uh, uh, to be about 10.2 teraflops. So, a little bit less than the Xbox. Um, and their, their GPU has fewer compute units and... Uh, generally lower clock speeds overall, overall, so maybe actual game performance is going to take a little bit of a hit this time round compared to the Xbox, um, which is the exact opposite of what we saw at the start of the last generation. You know, the flip-flop has happened again. Yeah. Um, well, arguably it already happened with the, yeah, I suppose. the Xbox was, One X but, or whatever compared to the Pro. Sure, yeah. And, you know, the PS3 was, I suppose, technically more powerful than the 360. It's just that people yeah. didn't quite know how to utilize it at, the, at yeah. its launch. Um, technically. That was a um, different time when everything yeah, wasn't absolutely. the same. <laughs> when, when architectures were crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's on paper, looks like the PS5 might not be able to keep up with the Series X in raw power. But it's reasonably close. Um, it's pretty close, yeah. And you know, for most people, I don't think we're going to miss it at least at launch. Like, there's not going to be too much to shout about. Um, yeah, there's the possible. It's it, and Digital Foundry make the make the totally relevant, accurate point here that these these numbers are just a metric. They're not yeah. actually representative of real world performance. They're just a number by which these things can be measured. Um. So I'm sure DF will tell us what it's like nearer the time. Uh, what else we got? So uh, the memory bus, while they've got using the same GDDR6 memory itself, the PS5's bus is, no, it's, again, very slightly slower than the Series X, probably about by the same margin as that teraflops number. Mm. So, the, so the RAM loading speed is going to be slightly slower. Um, 
And that's kind of the bulk of it. They um they didn't really, Xbox talked a little bit more about their controller, which is pretty much what you'd come to expect. It's like the current one, no real new bells and whistles going on. Um, and PlayStation are yet to really show us or let people have a hands-on with their crazy haptic tech that they are claiming will be the next thing for their controller. Um, so that's still a big unknown as to whether that's a, um, a meaningful thing. And uh, finally, Sony talked about their backwards compatibility. Um, oh, wait, what about the, all the audio stuff that he was... Well, about? yeah, so there, there was, there's been talk of that on both sides, really. Sony are pushing the audio side high, harder than Xbox are, for sure. Yeah. But um, both of them have been... I didn't mention this because it's, kind of it's kind of exactly the same. They're both saying they've got some form of hardware ray tracing. Right. Um, the only real GPU bullet point that Sony hasn't said is the variable rate shading thing. Uh, which is the tech that lets you lower the detail, lower the detail of your shaders in certain areas of the screen, so you're not pushing um, full power across the entire frame. You're only pushing it where it, you really need the detail. So, for instance, if you're if you've, if you've applied a depth of field effect to the background already, you don't really need to be rendering the shader that does the text, the nice shiny texture on a tree, for instance, at quite so much detail as you would if it was in focus. So you mm. can use variable rate shading to try and dial these in and save power here and there to keep your frame rates up. Um, you know, both consoles have been have got free sync or variable frame rate uh, technology in them for TVs, and both are claiming to be able to go up to 120 frames. Right. So it's all of that's the same, but yeah, the, the one the one bullet point that Sony haven't talked about is variable rate shading. Now I assume that means it's because it may be being included as part of DirectX 12 Ultimate, like as a thing you can use easily, maybe on the Microsoft side. But and maybe that's the only thing. I assume the GPU can deal with it. Apparently, developers are already coming up with their own solutions for doing variable rate shading in games we see today. Right. So it's not it's like this is just. I guess, library support, so they don't have to build their own, I guess. That's my take on it, anyway. Could be completely wrong. Um, but yeah, I was going to move on to backwards compatibility, because sure, sure, okay. uh, Microsoft have absolutely committed to this, so Xbone stuff will just work um, on the Series X. Uh, however, Sony have been a little more cagey with this. Mm. Um, they, they, they are almost taking it with the stance that Microsoft did with, when they put the 360 onto the Xbone, in that we're going to have to look at this on a game-by-game -game basis yeah. and figure out if it's actually going to work. Um, and if, if we test it and we say it does, then we'll put it on the service, um, and you can just use it. But they are saying that they've tried like the top 100 games by popularity and they yeah, yeah. mostly they work. Put, I think they're saying they've got they're going to have a few hundred at least from the PS4 era. Um, yeah. Uh supporters. Um they didn't mention anything about stuff earlier than that though. Um only that this is all going to be rolled out over time. Um so it's not going to be 100% at launch. There will be more stuff coming, but they didn't really say anything specifically about PS3 or PS2 or even PS1 support. Mm. Maybe because it might be a little bit murky what with some games from the PS2 and PS1 era being re-released as PS2 and PS1 games that you can play on the PS4. 
So maybe there's they maybe they've created a slight commercial problem for themselves. Is it a massive deal if you can't play PS3 games? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is. I mean, PS3's nice. got some got some bangers. Oh yeah, of course it does. But like half of them have been remade. But yeah, <laughs> got some, it's got some stuff. You want to play that um, PS3 version if you don't know Jack, which is <laughs> clearly the best recent version they've made. So can I play Jet Set Radio Future on my Xbox Series X? Uh, no, I don't think Future <laughs> actually ever hit the compatibility list. Blast. Yeah, because I, I, I played it on my original Xbox when I had it out recently. Yeah, that's a, it, you know, there are some big omissions, and Microsoft are kind of like... Uh, what's, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Wound down their... Um, backwards compatibility work on original Xbox stuff. Hmm. Presumably because they were having to make sure X-Bone stuff worked. <laughs> I don't yeah, exactly. know. Um, Interesting. I suppose Xbox has the slight advantage that underneath everything is kind of Windows-based, right? So it's games running on the X-Bone are kind of running on Windows. <laughs> kind of. For their ability to move it to the new platform isn't so difficult. So what um, what are your personal thoughts like are you probably leaning to an Xbox as 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 standard as the first one? Yeah, around? so I am I am leaning that way for I mean, no other reason than than Game games, Pass, isn't it? Oh, Game Pass, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cuz Game Pass gives me a really good early window into what that console will do. I'll, I will pick it up day one and I'll have access to a ton of stuff, whether that be boosted X-Bone games um, or, you know, the launch library, the, pretty much the entire launch lo- library will probably end up what that Microsoft themselves put out will be on the new console day one. So it's a mm. decent place to start. And I'm using the hell out of Game Pass. So it's um, it seems like a decent option for me. Um, However, on the flip side, yeah, you're absolutely right. PlayStation has the better stable of exclusives at the moment. Well, for at the sure. moment, yeah. Um, and, you, and you know that Last of Us Part Two PS5 version won't be far behind the original. You know it. No. Pretty much anything that comes out this year, you're going to get that enhanced version pretty soon. Afterwards, you would expect. Um, you know, so on that front, PS5 has, has got it going for, which is is frustrating to me because I kind of wish Sony had Game Pass, you know, that kind of thing. They do kind of have it with PlayStation now, but it's not not nearly as good. Well, maybe they'll upgrade. I mean, that's something that they can yeah, do independent still... of the hardware, right? So Absolutely. There's news to come. We might hear more. Yeah, I um, expect so. You know, if all their exclusives suddenly became... Uh, PlayStation Now titles on day one, then hey, that's a hell of a sell. Mm. Yeah. Like Spider Man 2 comes out, yeah, you've got it. God of War 2, yeah, you've got it. Compelling. So, right now, the other side is hey, you want Halo Infinite? Yeah, you'll get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you. you... Still hype for Halo Infinite, or were you ever hyped for that? I mean, I'm hyped because it's been a long time since Halo Five. Yeah, I hope I'm, it's good. 
and Halo, as I said, I didn't, I wouldn't say Halo Five single player was the best, but its multiplayer was killer. So it's like, uh, it's it, it's a mixed bag. But I want it sounds seems like they're doing something very different. So I'm intrigued. Hmm. Well, they might not be. We don't know. We really don't know. I mean, maybe we'll get onto this a little bit later, but Zach and I have been playing a bit of ODST um, recently. Like the Master Chief version, admittedly. But, but <laughs> it's... Um, uh, but, you know, there's there's those those games hold up probably better than any other shooter in my, in my eyes. It's like they... There's something about how those original ones, the Bungie ones, play that just isn't. That just doesn't. It doesn't get old. That they are fantastic. It's like that that combat chess or whatever. The thirty oh, seconds. Oh, completely. Of yeah, just, they got it so right. It's, it's fantastic. Even when you're playing against the odds and having frustrating circumstances in legendary mode, it's still a hell of a lot of fun. Hmm. And it's uh, they haven't nailed that in four and five, not at all, but. You know, not not to the well. I say not at all, but not nearly as close. So you know, it's it's hard to get the most hype for it. But at the end of the day, it's still Halo. So we'll see. And I hope they do finish the story of Halo Five, <laughs> just to see where it goes. Give me some closure. Come on. Uh, yeah. So that's that. Unless there's any more anything else. You think I missed on the on the comparison front? No, you still don't know what the PS5 looks like. <laughs> no, <laughs> still waiting for that V. <laughs> it's not even that important, is it? But no. superficially, I mean, it is. I mean, people are mildly worried about the shape of the Series X. Oh, that's true because it's like a weird chimney thing. Yeah, right? it's a it's a it's a cooling tower. Intentionally, a cooling tower. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it might be slightly awkward. Although apparently it works just as well horizontally as it does vertically. Um, but it is slightly odd shape. Uh, Digital Foundry described it as two GameCubes taped together. <laughs> you can't do that. That's what you have to call Nintendo's consoles. Because uh, that's not yeah. actually talking about the shape, it's talking about the power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like two Wii's stuck together. Is that what it was? When I, was it the description of the Wii U? Or well, it was. It was all of those previous ones. They were like the game, two GameCube stuck together as the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the two Wii stuck together as <laughs> the Wii U. It's the Wii U. <laughs> and then when they like talking about the Wii as being as. Like the size of a few DVD cases at one point as well. Yeah. yeah. They love their it's the size of. Uh, yeah, so that's that. The only other two little bits of. Well, there's a, there's a couple of little bits of news here and there. Um, that Horizon Zero Dawn for PC has been confirmed. That is real and is happening. Because I guess they might as well, given the Death Stranding port. Right. Of the decimal ranging, so that's that's real. Uh, yeah, Frontier Developments have nicked the F1 license to make management games, which had everyone worried about Codemasters, but Codemasters are unaffected; they can still make their racing games. Cool. Um, 
and Call of Duty Warzone, which we'll talk about a bit later, kind of released, attempted a shadow drop, but it got leaked ahead of time. It's a free battle royale mode, because of course it is. <laughs> Again, with like waiting for this the battle royale craze to tail off. We all thought it was the worst when you had the battlefield <laughs> situation. Right, yeah. Where they were like, we're going to put a battle royale mode in and it's not even going to be in at launch. It's going to come later. <laughs> and a long time later in the end. Um, and it, there was really no fanfare about it when it, when it came out. No, no because obviously cared. everyone, yeah, no one cared. Everyone knew it was a bad idea from the start. <laughs> um, but then this, this, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it a little later, but this, this one is uh, different from the one that they bundled in with the one of the Call of Duties. I can't remember which one it was now. Um, uh, Black Ops 4, I think it turned up in first. Um, but, they, but it wasn't in Modern Warfare until now. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and finally, there was a nin Nintendo Indie Showcase. Not a direct, annoyingly. Although Not a direct. Rumors no. have it that that's going to happen sometime this week. They have to, right? Yeah. There's nothing on their docket now. Apart Metro Prime. Prime. <laughs> well, yeah, but we've got we know no concrete details yeah. on when anything is coming out anymore. Like the Nintendo slate is clean. Uh, other than Breath of Wild these. too. Yeah, but we don't know when that's coming out. No, we don't know. <laughs> we just know it's there, like Metro Prime Four and. And yeah, what else? <laughs> now will be the time for them to show whether the uh, those previous rumors about pay, new Paper Mario and did and two D Metroid game were true. <laughs> oh sure, yeah. And then maybe F Zero will turn up, but it won't. <laughs> Come on, F Zero! <laughs> Come on! Just, just or you know, you Pikmin know. Four, the other one everyone's constantly bitching about. Uh, but wasn't Pikmin 3 not that much of a success for them? I think that was probably because of the console rather than the game. I expect if they put out a new Pikmin on Switch, it would probably do pretty good. Probably, <laughs> isn't it, yeah. Isn't it more likely that they'll just repackage Pikmin 3? Well, mm, yeah, but the motion, can, the like pointer in Pikmin 3 was kind of its big deal. And I'm not sure you can mm. translate that directly to the Switch. Okay. Uh, they'll find a way. Not that many games use the Wiimotiness of the nunchucks, do they? I'm not even sure how it actually worked in Pikmin 3. It was just the gyro in the gamepad, I guess. Uh, was it, or was it... Was, wait, was Pikmin 3 Wii, or was it Wii U? Because Wii U, they'd be the touchpad controls. Yeah, right? but they put it out on both, I think. Oh, right. Then again, you could have just had a Wii remote plugged into the Wii U, I guess. Because <laughs> mm. that works. That would work, yeah. That would be just fine. Yeah. Um, I think that's news, because there wasn't actually really anything in that indie showcase I cared about at all. No. Nope. Mm. Okay. Uh, I guess it's time for what you've been playing, in terms of... But there's some newsy type stuff in there, is that true? Well, new games. At least one. Yeah, it's, it's new games. games. Who's been playing new games? 
I've been playing new games. Zach, what have you been playing? Who wants to go? No, Zach can go. I've been talking for a while. Okay. Well, I'm not going to talk about new games because I'm going to cover the other things from first real, real quick before we get onto the actual oh, new game. Dispense. Yep. Dispense? <laughs> no, I said suspense. No, it sounds like dispense. dispense. <laughs> You've got dispense. to do that too. Dispense you want dispense suspense. Your suspense. <laughs> yeah. Dispense your suspense. Dispense with the suspense and tell yeah. us. Ah. Uh, ah. I finished Two Point Hospital. Or, Ooh. you know, the base game, I guess, because I don't have any of the DLCs. Okay. So I got I through those last that as well. couple of missions. I'm still miles away. <laughs> well, you have also haven't been doing, like, all the free stars. No. So you, you technically even got a lot more to do after that. In well, theory. I tried going back and doing a few, but they still took forever. Yeah. But I went, after, you, after you talked about it last time, I went and tried to do that public service one, the public hospital. Yeah. Staff morale sucks. <laughs> it's like... A, I'm finding it really hard to actually get that to a suitable number. Well, again, that's it's kind of the same as the as the attractiveness mission, where you just have to do it right at the end. Like once you've achieved every other objective, and you only have the last star, last of the three stars to go, because the one and two star goals aren't that difficult. But like when you got the last, where it's like stuff around has to be ninety five percent to finish the three star, so you just wait until you've done everything else, and then just like mash the one percent pay rise button over and over until it works. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not sustainable. Like you'll probably immediately go bankrupt if you continue to play that level. But <laughs> you hit the objective, and that's all that matters. It's like real hospitals. I've hit my hard targets. Yeah, I, I actually got myself into a bit of trouble on that level in the end because I was actually struggling for money for at one point. Oh, I was having to take out loans to meet the objectives to then repay the loans. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm in, a, I'm in a better place where I've left it when I just got two stars, but yeah, I was juggling it a little bit. Also, messed with the custom soundtrack. Yeah. It's way better now. <laughs> <laughs> I, pulled in, I pulled in stuff from like the Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo soundtracks, and it's great. <laughs> I could never, I, I, like, I, after I imported the Infinite Factory soundtrack that first time, I never really, I just went back to the default one. It's like, it's really annoying, and those songs are going to be stuck in my head forever, but it's just like, I, <laughs> it's, it's just way more suitable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, this is far too thematically nice to just go in the background of this game. Yeah, I found, found quite a lot of casual jazz works quite well. Yeah, I guess it would. I probably should have tried to actually fucking find where the hell I put the SimT4 soundtrack, because that pretty oh, right, much is yeah. quite a lot of casual jazz. Sort of. It's got lots of, like... Okay, that sounds like something falling down the stairs. <laughs> I want to go deal with that. Give it okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, finish up T-Point Hustle. The last level made a... It, like, it... The last level is weird because at the start, it's the objective is like, oh, you know, just it, it's the last level kind of typical thing where it's just like, just build a really big hostel is right. really the only objective. And then it's like, watch out because you're going to get shit tons of patients and it's going to be real busy. And it's like, it's not really that much bad, worse than any other level. <laughs> and also, right. like, it, you because you still unlock the, you know, you still unlock the separate buildings or whatever over time. And the number of buildings and the amount of space you have on that map is like about three times as much as you're going to ever use <laughs> it's like right. i fin i finished the last level and i'd only unlocked like a third of the buildings of the, of the map yeah it's like that's highly unnecessary although like it's so much space that you can start just building unnecessarily large rooms if you want <laughs> mm, yeah 
you can actually start making a nice hospital now. Yeah, exactly. You could actually have space to put other crap in other than just the machines that the room actually needs. Quite bad going back to when I started playing some of those earlier levels again, because like the my layouts are terrible. Like <laughs> my earlier ones, I don't know if it was just the shape of the buildings I was working with and whether they were actually decent layouts, but I looked at them and it was like, Ugh. well, you've learned. That's the whole yeah, idea. I guess. Yeah. Even if it, even on, even if on some level, you, all you've really learned is how to exploit the game, <laughs> not really like yeah, actual maybe. good layout plans or anything it's just like I mean, how could i force this game to work the way i wanted to i guess i guess my layouts are more gritty now than they were back then or like i'd plan like okay this this room needs to be this size so i'll leave a space here that's the right size yeah or like you right. know you know like at some point you're probably going to need a second general diagnosis so just leave a space there for the second one once you get sure. to that point oh no my, my hospital still tend to tend to be like a patchwork quilt of stuff <laughs> Although in the in the later levels it turns into a bit of a situation where it's just like it's well, as soon as you build one fucking mega scanner, oh, yeah, what, yeah, like ninety nine percent of diagnosis just goes to it. So you're just going to probably not go to just build one. You're going to immediately build three, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. otherwise they'll immediately get overloaded. Found that with surgery as well. Yeah, so well, it's just because surgery is like quite slow, and you also have to have the doctor and the nurse there. So if either one of them goes on break, then it fucks up the whole queue, and then you have to wait for them to come back. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Sending a whole load of people home in my public hospital. Yeah. Sorry, we can't serve you. Please go home and die. Yeah, pretty much. It's like when you're kicking people out when they when the the health warning comes up when their health is low, and you're like. Go home and die. Don't die in the hospital because then I won't lose reputation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nothing, nothing to do with me then. <laughs> Management, yo. So there's that. I finished that. Um, what else did I finish? Oh, I finished Louise's Mansion 3. <laughs> Got round to finishing that off. Didn't really actually have that much more to do. I didn't really remember where I was. But I feel like the last, like, four or five floors have been at work like kind of disappointingly small like the, there was a couple of floors that literally are just a corridor and then the boss room <laughs> <laughs> right which is kind of disappointing the hotel actually tapers at the top <laughs> i guess so you know there's a fucking dance hall on the 14th floor which doesn't really make much sense <laughs> and a museum the dance hall level at least had good music as you would hope excellent and it also you know because of theming has it so that when you you have the like when the ghosts appear and you have the actually i hadn't really noticed this but the way the music is in this game is every floor has a, its background music mm. and then it has like the fight music when the ghosts appear but then when you actually start sucking something up it has this little like riff that, that, that loops but that like the the whatever tune of that riff is the same on every floor it's just like in that floor style oh, okay that's cool which is kind of nice but yeah has, the there's, so there's a sucking motif yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> but then like the dance hall one has the added bonus of when when the when you're in the fight music and you start sucking of a ghost when it transitions to the sucking music it has a record scratch <laughs> as well <laughs> which is obviously what you want <laughs> There's something very funny about the, just the way this phrase is going, like the sucking music. <laughs> You've got to have plenty of record scratches in the dance hall level. 
and then you fight a like a break dancing ghost band, I guess, Naturally. on the dance floor. Sweet. And the and then the boss ghost is like a DJ with a giant afro. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> So that floor is nice theme thematically, but is one of those floors that is just corridor boss fight. <laughs> right, yeah. But do the boss fights play all right? Because that's I, I feel like that's when I hear criticisms about Luigi's Mansion 3, that it's the boss fights that let it down. Well, I, I think I said this even in the early game when I'd only done like a couple of them. Like they can they vary drastically between like really complicated and cool, and then just like really dumb. <laughs> so it's like you get like half and half, where it's like this is cool, but then there's this other one that's just really annoying or just like really too simple. Oh right, I was about to say, do they go down? Is it just that that's your your feelings towards the mechanics, like where they mechanically work for you sometimes and mechanically work other times, but no, if they're also too simple, then that's that's a weird mix. And of course, the other thing I said about it before was like it doesn't always do a very good job of like indicating what you have to do. Yeah. But even, just get even, whip the virtual boy out and even that dance hall bit with the with the breakdancing ghosts is like you see in the sequence that leads up to it, they take the elevator button, one of the ghosts takes it and shoves it under his hoodie. So, so then it's like, you can't tell which one it is, obviously. Classic kind of mm. thing. But then they just like do a bunch of breakdancing moves and you're just you're just there on the dance floor with them and like it doesn't really tell you what to do. So you just have to like use the airburst thing to hit them when they're near you until you find the one that has it. <laughs> But it's like it doesn't tell you that, and it also doesn't really tell you what you then have to do. Which is like once you airburst and find the one that has it, you have to really quickly flash them with the flashlight, which causes them to try and chuck it to one of the other ones, and then you have to really quickly suck up that one to prevent mm. them from pass, passing it between them. It's just like there's it doesn't. An, yeah, there's an element of this that sounds like you know, it's it, there's nothing inherently wrong with having a sort of puzzly boss every now and then, but it's like are they are you is it still easy to take damage and die through yeah. this? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely died a couple of times during boss fights before I figured out what I was doing. I was just like, what, how do I actually even progress that I've already taken too much damage and died? Yeah. I very nearly died on the last boss because of that. Where I was like, how do I manage, how do I open this guy up to get hit? Mm. <laughs> on the plus side, the last boss once you get him open doesn't really do anything complicated it was like oh i need to need to double team him with Luigi, and that's it <laughs> and also that work then in certain single player well when you switch between them there's one of the things that you can do is like if you if you suck onto something that needs pulling but it's too heavy for just luigi by himself you can if you hold down the suck button and then hit the switch button, the person you've switched from continues to suck. So you like oh, lock the first person onto it, attach the second person, and then you can do the, the pull move with both simultaneously. Uh, I see. So he's standing in place just with the hoover on. Yeah. And then... hmm. So yeah. And then the game kind of ended really abruptly as well. <laughs> oh, you didn't really so get you, a nice story you, finish. Not really. That's the weird thing. It's like you get all the, way, all the way to the top of the hotel, and I guess it's not even slightly a spoiler to say you fight King Boo because obviously, <laughs> I mean, he's introduced pretty near the start of the game. Yep, and also he's been the boss of all three of these games. 
door. But yeah, you go up there, you fight him, and then the hotel just sort of collapses. And then for some reason, you decide, why don't we just rebuild a new hotel on top of this ancient, on top of this ruined hotel that's still full of ghosts? Except the ghosts are nice now because that's how ghosts work in the ancient universe. <laughs> so the ghosts will help us build this new hotel. And then I don't know. That's it. You just leave after that. I guess Egan yeah. runs that hotel now. <laughs> And the Mario Empire makes even more cash. Yeah, you even get to see Princess Peach doing building work in the out in the outro. What is she wearing? Like a Mario maker? Yeah, a hard hat. Outfit? Well, no, <laughs> okay. just a hard hat. Just a hard hat and the pink dress. Yep, impractical. Luigi hammering a nail through his own hand because he's greedy, and that's what I mean, that's what you yep. do. Why, why wouldn't you if you could? So yeah, that's pretty much it. It just ends kind of abruptly and doesn't really have a very satisfying end to the story. Yeah, and also, well, I guess I I finished it before I got all the gems and booze. So technically, I probably could finish it again and see if it has like a you know secret hundred percent ending or whatever. An extended cut, but I doubt it does. <laughs> and I got a rank. Yay. Is, you get like the money count up at the end, or something like the previous games did. Well, you don't really. That's the thing that kind of sucks is like you don't really get the money count up. You just get a number and your rank. It doesn't tell you any uh, anything specific. It's kind of weak. Hmm. Doesn't say how many gold bars you got. Although there are, there are like in-game mini achievements for sucking up some number of gold bars and some number of coins. Hmm. So yeah. I guess not really Chivo Chivos. Yes, because <laughs> it's Nintendo. They don't actually have achievements. They just have fake in-game achievements. Or if you're playing Animal Crossing, you have oh. Nook Miles. <laughs> Nook Miles. <laughs> that sounds Nook... a little bit northern, doesn't it? <laughs> On your Nook phone. Nook Miles. <laughs> so yeah, I started playing Animal Crossing because it of came course out. You hey, new stuff. Yep. Um, and I was fairly surprised at how much I could get done on like the first two days because it's only been two days so far. Hmm. Like, Pleasantly surprised. Well, the thing is, like, it's nice to be able to play that game for like more than thirty minutes at a time <laughs> or per day, I guess. Yeah. But like, I feel like they might be front loading it a bit too much because, like, I've in the first two days, I've. I guess they haven't been built yet, but I've theoretically completed the tasks that are needed to build the museum and the shop. And that's like two of the maybe four major buildings, as far as I know. <laughs> it's just like, that seems like it was a bit fast. And also, we've that's gone from like... Back on you. There's probably, maybe there's new stuff. Maybe, but I, never, they definitely haven't shown any footage of it, if there is. But like... We've gone from deserted island to museum in like under a day. <laughs> hmm. I mean, the museum isn't built yet. It's still going to take some number more days after this, but still. It's a little thematically weird, but all right. I've also paid off my first house loan as well. I've already built, uh, built the first stage of the house and started the second one. <laughs> no tent for me. Literally one night in a tent, and then I've already built a house. <laughs> hmm. Like, See, I don't know. Actual real game hours has that taken to get that far? Then we still—is it just because you were on it 
doing everything you could in that time frame or well yeah i mean but to some extent it, put it down before then to some extent it is a matter of like doing everything you can will get you to that point because it's like it's particularly the first part where you're the first paying off the tent loan is in nook miles not money and the nook miles are like you know they're like in-game achievements so just doing stuff gets you the miles over time so essentially playing doing anything in that game is how you're going to get those to start with so spending just time is going to get you that but even then i don't think i spent that long it's probably only like a couple of hours on the first night and maybe like a few hours today as well hmm. yeah but still yeah that might not be how veterans of animal crossing play that game if you know what i mean like, <laughs> no i think that is how veterans play it because they know yeah. everything that's going on they're it's like just well that's what i mean it's like is, is that the standard like moving forward it's like can you could, would you expect to be able to do a couple of hours every day well you probably well the thing is i think in this game more than the other ones you probably could play it for as long as you want and still feel like you were making progress because of the nook miles thing where like even just like just catching bugs a number of bugs any bugs over time you'll get more nook miles it's like a little achievement and that will like give you that sensation of still making progress but like it's not necessarily interesting progress i guess <laughs> you're just doing things to make a number go up and that's maybe not what animal crossing is meant to be about mm. meant to be doing things to make it look nice <laughs> <laughs> and there's only so much of that you can do at the start where you don't have any crafting recipes or anything or any of the proper shops or maybe all of the tools or well you get most of the tools pretty quickly hmm. or at least the basic versions before you get the upgraded versions that don't break as quickly of course right, yeah. durability <laughs> gold watering can Yeah, so I, it's still, it's a, the, I think like f from the trouble is that if you have played one of these games before, because it has all of the same stuff again, like you might not think that you're going to get the museum, but you do, because even on the deserted island, where some of them are going to come up with a reason to have a museum and then donate all the bugs and the fish and the fossils to the museum. So like anyone who's played one of these games before is like, well, okay, that just means I have to unlock the museum as soon as possible so that all this effort that I'm putting into catching bugs and stuff isn't wasted because <laughs> they need to be donated yeah. to the museum. Need to be catalogued ASAP. Yeah. So there is a, some element of, like, if you know how these games work, you might be kind of rushing it. Although, conversely, if you might not know how game how the games work as well i think it also might suffer slightly from like not fully explaining systems again oh, as nintendo like games it. tend to do hmm. <laughs> like i was talking to someone playing it and it was like at the start of the game it's like go go and take your your flimsy axe go and hit this rock and then that rock will drop like iron ore or whatever right a certain amount every day comes out of this rock but it doesn't tell you that you can hit the rock multiple times, <laughs> which you can. You can hit it like up to eight times consecutively and more stuff comes out. And then it introduces this, th there's a new system in this game where if you eat the fruit, 
it like powers you up and that allows you to either dig up an entire tree so you can move trees around without having to wait for them to regrow or you can just break a rock which will cause it to respawn on the next day in a different location oh right interesting but the thing is if you find one that's like miles away and it's like oh, i'd quite like this to spawn near <laughs> or you just want like to build something nice there and there's just a rock in the way <laughs> <laughs> Although when you're building buildings, it just deletes anything that's in the way automatically. But I'm talking more like paths or whatever, I guess, in the future. <laughs> but the thing it doesn't tell you is like, so it gives you this, it gives you the system to be like, you eat the fruit, and then it has a little, a little meter or whatever that's like one out of ten, so you can eat ten fruit to power yourself up. Ten, not really. It's not like ten levels. It's ten uses, I suppose. You can store up to ten uses of this powered up ability by eating mm. the fruit but it doesn't really explain that the fact that is why you while you've eaten the fruit and you've become powered up if you hit a rock the rock just breaks right but if you're not powered up and you hit a rock you can hit it over and over to get more ore out of it rather than the rock just breaking immediately and disappearing <laughs> oh i see so if you hit the rock while powered up you don't get as much stuff out of it no the rock just gets destroyed and you only get one thing instead of potentially eight <laughs> I see. It's like, oh, I guess that system is kind of badly explained. Because it, I guess it's confusing because it appears to be like a food system, but it's like, you, obviously, it's not a survival game. <laughs> you don't have to eat ever. <laughs> Your villager has died. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of one of those things where it's like, as, as ever with these kind of Nintendo games, where it's like, occasionally you forget that new players play these things. <laughs> I'm sure they'll figure it out. When you first started playing Animal Crossing, then, was, was it when... Do you remember that first experience being slightly flaky like this? Or? Well, the thing is, I think, like, for me, at that time, it, I would have I looked stuff up beforehand. <laughs> or have just not really looked stuff up, just sort of inherently known things from like because probably i would have seen bits of it on youtube or whatever beforehand right, right. before actually playing it and just generally know about the animal crossing series in general i suppose that would yeah. just teach you some stuff by default but yeah for a, for a newer player you might not have that kind of background knowledge of how mm. the game systems works yeah i can see that and then I did also get to ch uh, the chance to briefly try the multiplayer thing, going to each other's islands, looking oh, yeah. around, which, as predicted, is completely pointless. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah? Can you do nothing? Oh, you can grant people powers, though, can't you, to do stuff? You can allow them to, like, cut down trees and whatnot. Like, the, you can allow them to do the things that are, like, actually destructive, in theory, if you want them to. But there's, like, there's no actual benefit to going to another person's island except for if they have a different kind of fruit your fruit from your island sells at a higher price so if you go to their island to sell it you get more from your island's fruit all oh, right okay but it's oh, right. um, but it's not possible for that island's fruit to appear in yours well if you get that fruit you can plant it on your island and then i right. i assume you can then, then just farm then... it for money that way yeah or do you cock up the economy <laughs> Well, maybe. I just I haven't seen how that turns out yet. Is it that detailed? Yeah. If you took, but yeah, 
apart from the selling of fruit, there's really no reason to go to someone else's island unless you just want to help them do something that would take a long time. Like I imagine if once we get to like the terraforming part and we want to like, if you wanted to flatten a whole giant cliff area and you have mm. to do it one tile at a time, mm. then maybe having another person help you would probably be quite nice. <laughs> yeah. Make that take half as long. But there's no real benefit to just like visiting. Because and also because the fruit is basically the only difference. All the animals are the same. All the plants are the same, apart from the fruit trees. <laughs> what if when you visited somewhere there had to be a mandatory gift exchange? <laughs> well, you, you could, could gain some stuff from nice people, or you could just be a bastard and give them like a dead fish. <laughs> well, you could just you know require that among your friends to say to do that. Well, yeah. Actually, I don't actually know how the, like, if you can, you can drop items on the floor and have someone pick them up. And I assume you, they can't pick up items that have been placed in the world, I would assume, because that way they could just nickel your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but there's also, like, uh, an in-game mail system, although I think that's only within your island, so I'm not sure if you can send that to someone else like over the internet. If you can, that'd be pretty sweet. Oh, and then I guess the one other difference between islands is like what, what the shops are selling on that day is oh, different right. okay. for every island. So I guess if you were really that interested in trying to get certain fancy bits of furniture or whatever, you could go to each other's island every day and have twice as much stock rotation. Mm. Yeah, you really, really need to complete the set. And then the other sort of new thing in this game is the like expeditions, which aren't really new, because even on the 3DS game, there was the island that you could travel to, mm. which had special resources and whatnot. So these like the mainland. No, in this one it's like the they're like sort of mini islands, I guess. It's like a, a little tiny island which spawns with like some of. Well, the thing is, it mostly spawns exactly the same stuff. Like you, if you, you can get different fruits <laughs> on these mini islands. Although annoyingly, I've been on like four expeditions, and every time it still had the same fruit as my actual island, <laughs> <laughs> which is very annoying. But yeah, you go to these little mini islands, and they—I mean, the mini islands are basically just like harvest this island for cash, <laughs> just strip it bare of resources, and take it all back to your island and sell it. <laughs> and also, any great message to be sending? No. And also on those on the expedition islands, there will just be like one random animal guy there who you can talk to and invite to move into your town, so you can get new villagers that way. Which I've already recruited a couple of people who I like the look of because that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> you like the look of? Can you get? Does that mean you can invite shifty people? <laughs> well, it's thing. more like I don't like some of the some of the Animal Crossing characters just kind of look dumb. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't want, that. I don't want this dumb-looking guy in my town. This weird-looking kangaroo or this hamster. Get rid of them. Oh, man, I'd have them. <laughs> Go full dumb. 
and I guess if you don't like their personality as well, maybe that's a consideration. But it's right. hard to it's hard to get much of a read on that by talking to them to uh, talking to them like once while you're on this island. So you're mostly you judging people by the way they look. Yeah, pretty much. Hella racist. <laughs> Animal racism. <laughs> So can you return to these islands once you've done it once? No. If you find a good, if you find a good one. It, it's literally randomly generated. And the, the dialogue in-game from the pilot guy <laughs> fairly explicitly says it. Actually, this is one other thing that is pretty good about this game, is the writing is pretty good. I mean, there's not that much, like, you know, I mean, writing that's good. Yeah, <laughs> in this game. It's important, though. Yes, but the, what there is is pretty good and in some cases kind of funny. Awesome. Good. Like when the pilot guy is, is talking about these expeditions, because basically what it's what what it is literally saying in like translated into real life talk is that like these islands are randomly generated. When you leave, anything you leave there is gone forever because it's randomly generated and it does it doesn't actually exist. Yeah, <laughs> it's a procedurally fair. generated island that you're never. It's just randomly number generated on some level. Don't accidentally put a tool down or something like that. Yeah, don't leave anything behind, but anything you take, you can take for free because it's not going to affect anything. But then in-game, the pilot guy is like, if you leave anything behind, we'll leave it behind and you'll never be able to get it back because when we get home, I have to burn the flight plans. It's a policy. Don't talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not allowed to talk about why why we have to burn the flight plans when we get home, but I have to do that. That's pretty funny. And then Tom, of course, talks about his ridiculous business empire in a variety of little bits where it's like, where he's talking about how he, when you take out the loan to make the house, and he's like, it's an interest free loan that's a really bad idea, but don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the tax loopholes or any of this stuff. How is he paying for any of this? He has the most ridiculous business empire ever. So yeah. Flying now. I'm rapidly turning this island not very abandoned. <laughs> already building a museum and a shop and already got, got another two dudes moving in theoretically tomorrow, I guess. Assuming that's how this works. By the next podcast, it'll be a city. Yeah, probably. <laughs> two weeks. That'll probably be more than enough to get through most of the progression i don't know maybe we'll see and he has only appeared in a dream so far as you would <laughs> in a dream well you on your first night when you go to sleep he just appears and talks to you for a minute about how you should how you should enjoy your life on this deserted island and you know invite your friends to your island because the friends are good <laughs> And then oh, that's right. it. And then he's gone. And then it's oh, just like, I'm sure he'll probably turn off at some point, I guess. A little creepy. It's he's, in my head. He's always going to turn up, of course. But like, yeah. what situation? Because in, in New Leaf, you had to build a nightclub for him to come and play at. <laughs> he's like the one musician in the world. <laughs> well, kind of. I'm kind of hoping that it's going to be less annoying to like keep the villagers you want on your island. Cuz that was a weird thing in New Leaf where like you you have the in that game you have a campsite in your town 
where like random villagers will spawn and then you can say if you go in there and you're like oh, i like look at that guy I, I, then you can invite them to actually actually move into your town so that's how you get new people but then after they've lived, after people have lived in your town a certain amount of time, and like a certain amount of time, they will just start saying that they want to leave every time you talk to them. <laughs> They'll be like, "Oh, I'm thinking about moving on," and then you basically have to say, "No, don't." And you should say, but then they keep doing that over and over and over, <laughs> and it's really kind of annoying when you're just like, "I, I want this guy to stay permanently. Can I have that be a toggle?" I'm really yeah. kind of hoping that I can in this it's game. Kind of it's kind of strange. So that's like everyone does that. So I think so. I've, I've, there was just one particular person in in the town on New Leaf where I was just like, I want you to stay, but they were constantly saying they wanted to leave, and it's it's just like it's such a weird thing to have to say to someone. <laughs> where it's just like, yeah. don't leave ever, <laughs> just because I like your face, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> So I'm kind I of hoping some relationships that have gone that way. <laughs> I like our face. I'm definitely kind of hoping that there will be some kind of like permanent resident toggle or something, just so I don't have to keep telling them not not to leave all the time. <laughs> and also, how annoying is it going to be to kick people out that you don't want? Mm -hmm. I got to... Them to say they want to leave, and then <laughs> well, yes, that would have been. That would have been the quite easy way to do it previously. Of course, we haven't got to that stage in this game yet. We need to get Isabel in, and then she can deal with all that, apparently. <laughs> she is the resident manager. So there's that. That's Animal Crossing. Hey. It looks Sweet. pretty good, also, in case you hadn't already seen video of it. <laughs> yeah, it's nice looking. It's cute. I was kind of disappointed that the like the owl dude who runs the museum, he just looks like furry like all the other animals. The, like they don't have a specific feather texture. Oh uh, right. It's kind uh, of disappointing. That's kind of a shame. <laughs> I didn't realise they were even doing that. Well, so they've got like a like a fuzzy edge to all of them now. I don't know if it's really a fuzzy edge, it's more like a bump map or something, I guess. Okay. Just make, makes the fur look slightly, you know, reacts to the light in a furry kind of way. Right, yeah, slightly less just solid block of person. Yeah. And I do like how if you look at your smart, your Nook phone at night, you can, your the light shines up on your face. It's like, oh, oh that's nice. Really, that's realistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can be the glow man. Yep. Like that terrible BBC TV license ad. <laughs> Hello, man. So yeah, Animal Crossing. I expect I'll be continuing to play that for like a year, literally, because yep. you, you have to play it for a year to get everything. Because <laughs> time, because well, because time limited stuff. You know, certain animals only appear during certain months of the year. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's about. Yep. Cool. Your house full of gyroids. Yeah, well, I haven't actually seen any of them yet. I wonder if they're back. Yeah, I heard they're not in it. What? Well, not yet. So we'll see. There'll be a surprise gyroid event. Invade. <laughs> it's no good if you can't have a whole room dedicated to gyroids. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's what my old house had in New Leaf. 
Because you just dig them up out of the ground and there's all different kinds of shapes and sizes. You just have the gyro collection. <laughs> <laughs> and then you make them all dance. <laughs> I remember that. So that's that. That's a tall creep Yep. That's all I did, apart from Rocket League, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Rob? Season six in a day. Yep. Double XP this weekend. <laughs> well, yeah. But I've uh, already maxed out my credits on that on season five, so I'm all good. Uh, yeah, I've been playing some stuff. Let's go back to the one I've already mentioned. Let's do some Call of Duty Warzone. Warzone. So what's the deal with this? It's about Ralph. <laughs> That's all you need to say. Like the last one? <laughs> well, no, it's not like the last one. They have changed some stuff. Um, for the better, I think. They've obviously they've clearly been taking a close look at Apex Legends. And stealing their ideas. <laughs> kinda, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's quite as slick as Apex still. Like, I don't think the... Um, uh, I'm just, I've just been using like the default controls, for instance, and I might have to start tinkering around with them because they're not quite so fluid. Um, that's how I'd like. For instance, like going prone and crouching are two separate buttons now. Hmm. Um, uh, by default, you use left control to go prone and right and C to crouch. And I'm getting very confused about that most of the time. That's just like um, Battlefield, though. C to crouch yeah. and Z for prone. <laughs> yeah, kind of. That's what I mean. I might need to. Well, I, I think I've always used left control as crouch and then Z as prone. So I might need to mess around with it a little bit. Also, their pinging is on left alt, so which is I think like middle mouse click by default in yeah. in Apex. Q. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think Q is your like ultimate. I think in Apex, whereas like this is the problem. Like COD just has more in terms of what you're holding at any one time. So it's like you're using uh, your um, your grenades or, or what your tactical. I think might be on Q, which mm-hmm. is like your um, smoke grenades or stun grenades or flash or that kind of stuff. Non-lethals basically. And your lethals are on middle mouse click by default. Um, but you've also got your your melee attack on, on mouse 4 in my case or your mount gun to surface because you can just sort of go on any on any bit of wall in this as well with um, mouse 5 in my case. The little, the little extra button on the mouse. Um uh, yeah, and it becomes a little bit. It's, so in that respect, there's, there's just more buttons. There's more things you need to be pushing um, to do the things. But they've uh, like compared to the previous battle royale that Call of Duty had. There's no like real inventory system. It's like you don't have to worry about the size of your backpack. You carry two. Gu- you, ter- you carry your primary and your secondary. Um, ammo is automatically picked up for you. Um, you all you have to do is look. If you want a gun that, that to replace your current gun, you just look at it and press F. You know, they've kept that stuff simple, so you're not, like, carrying around a backpack of stuff anymore, um, which is actually mildly simpler than Apex's system. Um, you can still bring up a very, very small inventory window and say, oh, I want to, I'm want i going to drop some ammo for a teammate or I'm going to drop some of my excess armor um, for a teammate. You can still do that, um, but it's, it's super simplified compared to um, the original. Uh, which is really nice because I kind of hate that stuff. Like it just ruins the flow of like just spending most of your time faffing about your inventory. It's not, it's not what I want to do in these things. I want to enjoy the tension of the environment and the 
um, when you know someone's coming and everyone's sort of getting prepped for this team to either just casually walk by you or to enter the room you're in so you can obliterate them. It's like, that's what you're in it for these for. You're in for those moments. Yeah. And like not having to, yeah, not having to faff is nice. Um, although there's still a certain amount of faff because you've still got to figure out what you like and what you dislike and whether or not you want to keep or not keep. Um, and you can't get everything um, purely from the battlefield. So there's a cash system as well. So you're building up money by doing contracts, which are like little mini submissions you can be doing during the fight. So they can be like, oh, hey, just find all these marked crates um, and you'll get bonus cash for doing that. Or, hey, here's a target. Here's a guy we want you to kill. And that guy is a real player. Um, it's like, go kill that guy and we'll give you bonus cash. Um, uh, so you can do all these things as well. Um, and the cash system plays in because there are specific buy points around the uh, environment, which can be used to buy certain perks that, that you might want to want to have. Um, but the main one you want is this uh, is the um, basically cool down a loadout. And what that means is you can pull in a loadout like you would from any other Call of Duty game, but it's your complete setup, so it will be your customized mm. guns. Oh, and okay. it'll be um, it will be perks, and this is the only way you can get the Call of Duty perks. You have to pull them down in a loadout. Um, so you've got to you've got to get your cash to do that. But the other thing cash is used for is its respawn system, which is sli again slightly different from other battle royales. Um, in Apex, if you're if a teammate goes down, you can pick up their um, their ID card effectively from a from their I think they're called kill boxes or kill crates in Apex. You can basically go find their corpse and steal their ID card, and then you have to take it to a specific place, and it will call down um, a dropship to to respawn them in the world so that's how you can get your team back um here the first time you die you end up in the gulag which is basically the rock um, right and you have a little pistol fight a one-on-one -on -one pistol fight with someone else who's died and is in the gulag um and if you win that fight you get respawned if you get killed you're dead um but you can only do that once you only go into the gulag once per game um so it's basically you could you get a free redeploy, um, is what that means. But if you've if you've run out of gulags and you don't and you can't redeploy, your teammates can buy you back in with the cash. Okay. So there's that. Okay. Um, so there's that system going on, um, and the rest of it is a battle royale with cod feel. Cod feel. No bad thing. To have a cod. And feel. it's yeah, and it's. All right, actually. I was kind of expecting to hate it more than I am. Oh, really? More than I am. Because I didn't. I really didn't like the one that was in um, Black Ops 4. I played a few rounds of it, and it just it really didn't click. Mm. Um, I think compared to an Apex, there was definitely more downtime. And I'm not sure it's as anywhere near as fun as playing Apex. I'm, I'm, I think I still prefer it. Um, but it's... But it's something. It's it's all right, and it's free. So you know why not? Um, well, I'll tell you why not because it's hundreds of gigs of download, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like God. literally massive. And it doesn't. I've had some performance problems on my version. Like I'm using the I'm running the PC version, and it's not, as you might have guessed by my talk about keyboards and mouse. But it's it's not perfect it's like i've got some issues of stuttering here and there i've managed to dial it in so it's a little bit better 
because um, the first thing it did out of the box was set a lot of the effects up, but turn my target resolution way down. So it was 1080p, but it was rendering it at 66% resolution. So it was all very fuzzy. And I'm like, why, why is it chosen to do that? That looks bad. Um, so I dialed it the other way. I turned down a couple of effects and turned my resolution back up to 100%. And it was... And it's a it's been a better experience that way round. It's just a bit weird out of the box, mm. um, but it's all right. And it's trying to sell you the full version of Modern Warfare a little bit, but not too much. The free to play stuff has worked out pretty okay so far. I haven't really figured out where I really need to drop money. It hasn't hasn't been super apparent, which is kind of nice in a way. Mm. You can play it just fine. I think I'd rather play regular COD than this Battle Royale mode, but hey, it's alright, and it's free. <laughs> Seems to be what the kids are into. Battle Royale. Yeah. It's alright. All there's around a pass, so there's a way of spending thing. Uh, yeah, generally, yeah, it's it's not it's really not not too bad. I've, like, okay, I was a bit ropey at first, and I had some bad rounds where it was just like, I think occasionally you get that that cod feeling of, I'm pretty sure I shot that guy first. I'm not quite sure how I died, or I got the drop on that guy and he's turned around and one shot me somehow. That doesn't always feel like it makes a huge amount of sense given the world and the high lethality of Call of Duty. But that's how Call of Duty's kind of always been. I don't. I don't like that aspect of it when it feels like that, but uh, it's hard to be too mad at it because that's COD. And I don't really understand it and never have fully understood it. Um, like there's something I've always been missing um, in its mechanics. And it's still that. There's still times where it's like, oh, I really should have won that. I'm really not sure why I didn't. And then you watch it back on the replay and you still say, yeah, I really should have won that. <laughs> So it's still that. Mm. I mean, that's COD, right? Yeah. I mean, it's got vehicles in it as well, but the vehicles aren't a huge deal. Um, the map is way more dense than I expected. Um, I, I feel like the last one had quite a lot of like open green areas, a little bit in a... I don't know, if, what, like whenever you see a bit of footage of PUBG, it's like a lot of it seems to be quite open areas. Um, um, but But this is quite dense with stuff um they've they've done the thing where they pull in the multiplayer maps so like a lot of the multiplayer areas are just in one big map so you'll right. go to a place and be like oh i played this in the modern warfare beta i kind of know my way around that's interesting but then you'll come to bits where it's like oh this is a cookie cutter building that's that they've just put quite a lot of around the map to pad it out so a lot of the buildings are actually identical <laughs> in places but then every battle royale has that mm. that i've played there's never there's never everything is there's never there's never been one i've played where everything is wholly unique maybe fortnite does that by now but um you know even apex had a lot of you know these little buildings we're going into like oh these are the same buildings mm. um 
sometimes that's beneficial and sometimes that's not beneficial because <laughs> like no. i remember i remember how it was sometimes in in battlefield where you'd have have those like prefab buildings where they just reuse yeah. the same building but you'd and run into the ones where side, like right? oh yeah flat side as well but you'd run into the ones where there'd be like this one specific one somewhere on the map has a slightly different bit of geometry inside it where they've just like blocked off one doorway or like it's wedged into a wall or something and you're like i you think you can go there and then you can't and then you get screwed by that (laughs) and you're like how do i get there yeah so there's been there's been some weird stuff we've noticed and we don't know like there's been there was one place in particular where there was a crate we really wanted to open because we wanted a bit of cash we were a little bit locked down we wanted a bit of cash so we could rev res our teammate um because it's 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 in threes it's in trios by default there is a solo mode as well but we've been playing trios um because again it's not one of those games i really want to play on my own i want to play it with people just like apex it's like it loses something if i play it alone um and uh yeah so there was there was a crate but it was on on the roof and there was no ladder to get up to up this building and nor was there any real bit of um scenery we could easily climb on to get there the only way we fathomed you could get up there was to climb one of the nearby um like dock cranes which did have ladders all the way up but you'd have to go quite high to get enough uh, get the ability to pull your parachute and glide over to this building and get the crate on top and it's just like yeah it's a bit much they're gonna figure out where we are if we try that (laughs) just this guy parachuting casually across the sky (laughs) So the, yeah, there there are bits of the map that are a bit frustrating, um, for sure. Um, especially when yeah, you know, there's guys on a rooftop, and it's like I don't know if I can actually find a way to combat this without dying. I'm just going to run out in the open and get hit. But that's the game. That's just what these are. You found yourself in a bad situation. You deal with it. So anyway, yeah, Call of Duty Warzone. It's okay. Get yourself some hard disk space, <laughs> which is actually not too like, like not too difficult for me because I bought two more terabytes. <laughs> oh yeah, because oh, yeah. so I thought my prepared. main games drive was having a wobbly, uh, which is just a hard disk, but it's a hard disk I've had forever, um, and it disappeared out of Windows for a while, and I was like, oh god, have I lost this drive? Has it just died on me? Um, and I did manage to get it back, but it was starting to make some funny noises. So I think it's on the way out. So I bought some SSDs. Um, <laughs> not NVMe drives, because I, I, I wasn't confident I could find one that was compatible with my now quite old motherboard. Mm. Um, also, I figured if I ever needed to do a reinstall of Windows, that I'd probably do it totally fresh on, on an NVMe drive rather than have... I don't know, that strikes me as weird. Are you like... It makes more sense to have the main M2 or NVMe drive as your OS drive, maybe, and then rather than just as a secondary. I don't know. I couldn't quite figure out what was the right and wrong way to do that. Um, so anyway, yeah, I've got another SSD purely for game installs, and uh, I got another one so I could move one of my hard disk based OSs, the one that I do my music and video work on, and the one we're recording on right now to an yep. SSD because it's a hell of a lot faster. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a lot quicker. It's, just, it's, it's, it's night and day. It's like it's so much better. Should have done that ages ago. And the clone process was really easy. 
as it turns out. Just get hold of some software that will do it for you. Oh, nice. Pain-free. Uh, yeah. So, uh, with all that space, I could also install uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Ooh. I'm sure that doesn't take nearly as much. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not nearly as big. But it is way better. <laughs> if, I, if I'm objectively looking at it, it's like, oh, hey, I like, I like this thing a lot more. <laughs> than Call of Duty. I mean, it's, it's hard to compare, but yeah, right. sure, let's go with that. Yeah, fair. Okay, fine. Um, well, you know, unsurprisingly, really, because I was a massive, massive fan of the first Ori game. Love it. Um, and this is kind of that again, which is mm. no bad thing. It's weird. I think I'm forgetting quite a lot about the original while I'm playing this. And I'm sort of playing it again, and I'm like, was this a thing in the original? I'm not sure. Like, it feels like there's way more dialogue this time. Right. Which I think they very strongly steered away from in the first game. Like, there, there was the occasional bit of narrator voice that said a few things maybe about the world from time to time. But now you're talking to characters occasionally. And uh, or there are creatures that are just popping up to say one word or something here and there. And it's it feels different. It's not quite what I expected. I'm not. I, I kind of prefer. I think I prefer it when they're doing the whole show don't tell thing the entire time. But uh, I guess mm. the, I guess there are elements where it's like they couldn't really do that anymore because they've introduced more quest like elements to the game. So uh, take a step back. It's basically a Metroidvania, um, but an incredibly pretty one, mm. and. Um, a very very organic looking everything kind of moves everything is lit amazingly everything is animated amazingly um, uh, but as I say they've added before it was mostly platform oriented and it's still that way um, now it's more about the platforming than anything else uh, with a little bit of combat thrown in and some fancy escape sequences here and there um, but now, as I say, that like they're leaning a bit more into the Castlevania-y or Metroidvania-y sort of like the the map has a hubby bit, and then you can move out from that to get to various areas. Um, and but you'll want to keep coming back to the hub area because there's people you can talk to who have things for you to do, mm. so or things for you to find in the world, or there's people selling you abilities. Hey, you can buy abilities now. I don't, really don't remember if that was a thing in the original. Um, this is, this, and then again, my problem. I can't really remember what what and what wasn't in the uh, what was and what wasn't in the original. But I don't. It feels like this is new because um, there's a whole ton of like optional stuff you can buy as like passive abilities um, and some active abilities. So this is new. It's like you now assign abilities to buttons, Zelda style, kind of. Right. Yeah. It's like you, you can have more things at your, in your arsenal than you can fit on your face buttons. But there's now a system for swapping them out and changing them. Like um, They've changed the combat like completely, basically. In, in the original, you had like a little wispy thing following you around. Well, probably was a wisp, actually. Um, that, was, that would basically shoot lightning at things for you. You'd press X or the attack button, basically, to say, attack the thing that's near me, while you were mainly focused on dodging. 
whereas now you basically have a lightsaber. <laughs> just sort of right, straight off. up lightsaber. Yeah, the, so the combat is way more physical, I suppose, is the way to say it. It's like you're, you're less about you dodging out of the way while attacking at opportune moments, and like you actually have to get in there and fight a little bit. So you're using that to stab at things, or you're bringing out a massive hammer for the heavy hits, or you've got a bow and arrow fairly early on, so you can hit things at range, but that costs you energy, of which you have a limited amount of. Um, and so the combat feels actually quite a lot more fleshed out than it did before. Um, not to say that it's any easier, because it's pretty tricky and harsh. You don't have a lot of life. Even when you've leveled up your life, things hurt you quite a bit. And yeah, so you've got to be fast to jump out of the way. You've got to be fast to find an opening with some enemies. Um, it's uh, The game's not easy, which I find slightly, I've find i always found slightly weird. The first game wasn't that easy either. It's like it's presented as this lovely, well-animated, almost childlike Pixar movie. Mm, but then you get into it and... And it's kind of brutal, yeah. In a good way, though. Oh yeah, no, I love it. Like as a, as I say, as a, um, let's call a semi-hardcore, shall we, uh, <laughs> gamer. Uh, you know, with plenty of experience in these sorts of these sorts of games, it's like I'm I'm at home with it. But I can't help but feel that someone coming at it, like maybe if children are coming at it and even putting it in easy mode, I don't know how well they'd really get on with this because the platforming's still going to be tough. It's like it's quite it's it's asking quite a bit of you because like okay, mm. you're so you've got Meat Boy esque jumping and wall jumping abilities, mm. but your jump generally isn't very high. And at the start of the game, you don't have a double jump, and you can eventually buy a triple jump if you want, um, which I like because you can kind of scum some sections if you've got that. Um, but most of your maneuvers are about horizontal movement which makes the way you platform kind of different from most games. So you're looking for the little flat vertical walls that you can perhaps jump to and then do a very, very long sequence of maneuvers to get to a wall. So you can effectively stick to the other side and wall jump a bit to gain some more height. And you're doing that over widescreen widths, you know? <laughs> and it's a, so it's a, it, it feels like a very different way of traversing, even though you're still doing wall jumps, you know? It's uh, it, it's interesting, but so, some, of, but that's that's only the, the the starting point. Eventually, you get the ability to bash, which was in the original, which is oh hey, projectiles that are coming at you. If you press left bumper at the right time, you can bash off them, sending you in one direction and the projectile in the opposite direction, and you can use that to gain height or position to your advantage. Mm. Um, you eventually gain an ability that lets you throw one of those yourself, so you can use it to bash right. off it to gain height. Oh, okay. Um, but you can't do that whilst in motion. You have to do that while stationary. So it's like the start of a maneuver. So you use that to get up and then do some other stuff while you're like in the Like throwing air. You your cappy really... and then jumping off it. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, you have a grapple as well. So you can grapple to certain points in the level, um, some of which will fling you from afar. So you, gra you grapple to them, but you can't stand on them. So they'll throw you past them. Others are things that you just grapple to and land on, and it's uh, it, all these things come together 
in places and it it's becomes a little bit of finger tennis you know you're trying to figure out what is the best move to get across this particular mm. area and it's it's good but it's not and 100% obvious all the time like it might take you a few times to figure out exactly what you need to do to get around and when you get it right the flow feels great but it's possibly a little challenging for newcomers you know poss- possibly not a particularly casual system let's put it that way it's, mm. uh, I mean I think it's cool and it, it feels really nice but it's uh, um, and to the point where the game kind of knows it and has some race challenges in places where it's just like hey just do this route and if you do it fast you'll get money which are fun um, are they routes you already know or, or like Oh yeah, there'll, there'll normally be a bit of level you've 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 traversed already, but it'll, it'll be like okay now there there are like uh, there might be four or five items on the route you need to collect, um, and chuck them in a door at the end, and then behind that door is the finish line. Mm. So it's like uh, quickly go grab all the things, then come back and get the thing. So it's um, and some of those can be really cool, especially with the later abilities like the the feather hover and things. Like, well, I say later abilities, and I think I'm only a third of the way through the game. Um, which is the other good point. It seems pretty long. Mm. I've sunk quite a few, I think about eight hours maybe into this already, and I, I think I'm about 30-40% of the way through, which is nice, according to its own stat. Uh, yeah, I, 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 and it's, yeah, it looks great, it sounds great, there are some really quality bits of soundtrack work going on. The story has a massive gut punch, spoiler alert, uh, a couple mm. hours in. So it's still pulling those heartstrings just like the original did. It's it's really great. Sweet. Well, great news. Uh, is it, bit, um, would you play a decent it? run at the moment. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm having a decent run. I'm playing good games. <laughs> would you recommend it to people who haven't played the original? Like, um, It... Yeah, I think I think you could. There's a little bit of the story work at the start that will make more sense to you if you played the original. Right. But it's not too crazy. You can sort of figure it out. It's not critical to the plot of this one. Um, um, yeah, but you you have an owl friend. You your owl friend has a dodgy wing. You find a feather from the owl's dead mother, I guess. And that you strap to its wing and then it can fly. So you go flying across to this mysterious other island that turns out to be a hellhole. And you two get separated, and that's where the game begins. That's kind of all you need. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's neat. Um, I think it, it felt. I had one criticism, and I don't know if this is really a criticism, but just a. I don't know, a, a feeling I got. Like, at the start of the game, drops you quite in it. Like, it puts you in a bit of a map. You can travel. Uh, it's it, that, that bit of map is not as restricted as you would think, like, for the start of a game. It's like, you're just like, okay, you're, you're in this new environment. You can go quite a few places. You've got to figure this out for yourself. And it's like, a little bit of that is like, oh, that must be entirely intentional, right? A little bit of me is sort of sitting there going, oh, right, you've landed somewhere completely new. They kind of want you to be lost. And, and having to figure this out. Mm. Um, and the organic nature of the map design uh, adds to that. 
in the sense that it's like it doesn't feel too much like roots pre-designed all the time it feels the start of the game especially feels like oh it's a massive jungle and for a while i didn't really feel like i had direction i was just stumbling into things but uh i was finding ability trees and i was finding um things uh, pretty well organically to use that word again um mm-hmm. just just sort of stumbling upon it but i didn't really know if i was doing the right thing for a while whether or not i was going in the right direction of it or just going out of my way to find things. I mean, it, 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 as I say, it, it turn, turns out that all of that, I think, is intentional. Like, that all of that is actually what they want you to be doing. Right. They want you You're to be finding to these things. Yeah. Yeah. They want you to be finding those abilities just through the nature of stumbling upon them effectively. So you then have a slightly better arsenal for getting further. And then eventually you get to the point where it's like, well, where else can I go? I've, I've exhausted all my routes. Oh, apart from that one place I can now get to thanks to that ability I've got. So it's sort of teaching you the Metroidvania-iness of the world. Sort of. It's like it doesn't outright explain that. So like, I, I, there's, there's a sort of window, I suppose, where it would be like, okay, where haven't I gone? Where do I need to go? Okay, I guess, I guess this route was right because there was an ability at the end of it, but now I have to traverse back because it's the end of a route. And yeah, you know, I don't know if I'm really expressing that very well, but it's kind of like it was a bit of a out of my depth feeling to the start of the game that is like right dropped in it kind of feel. Yeah, kind of, and be like, uh, what's going on? And all this, and then which now I'm kind of at home with because I'm finding people, I'm finding map guys that sell you maps to areas and. So I kind of know where everything is and how everything works, and and it's not so bad. Um, doesn't mean it's any easier to reverse, but you know I, I understand it now. So maybe that's a little knock. I don't know if that's a knock against it or an absolute point for it, because that's what the story's doing. <laughs> it's 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 really difficult to say. But anyway, it's bananas good. And uh, and looking like a good length as well. Yeah, yeah, decent, decent. I wish the escape sequences were better. There we go. That's a proper criticism. Oh, how do you mean? Because I because that was kind of the big moments in the first game. Um, so the first game was Metroidvania-ish to a point, and that it still had three main levels. Uh, I think if you get the definitive edition, they had a fourth. Um, but they had like these three standalone areas that you, I don't think you could return to once you'd completed, um, because they'd kind of either explode or fill with water or something like that. Um, and I specifically remember, especially from that first game, there was a sequence where you, you just cause a massive flood, effectively, and the sequence of avoiding that was really cool, but really hard, because you had to do the whole escape sequence in one go, and if you fluffed up, you're right back to the start. Um, now, they've done a few of those already here, but they've never been quite so cool or quite so dramatic or quite so long. So the quite so long bit is probably actually an improvement because it's a little less frustrating if you cock up right at the end <laughs> and have to start and have to try and do the run again and get that back to that point. So, okay, maybe that's a positive. But so far, they haven't been so nicely presented, like water mm. coming out of a certain area and like that, that natural look to it. It's kind of just been... I'm running away from an avalanche, which is a giant horizontally moving wall of death. Or I'm moving away from a flood, which is presented as a horizontally moving wall of death. 
you know, hasn't quite been as cool as like all these water coming out of the various parts of this tree. Oh, right. now it's coming from over here and it's bubbling up from the floor. Oh man, this is crazy and everywhere. And it's the like, coolness. it's just been, oh, this is a horizontal moving wall of death, which isn't been quite so cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> a bit less imaginative. Yeah. But, you know, maybe maybe there'll be a better sequence later. But it is—it does seem to be their calling card for hey, you hit a story beat of importance. Escape sequence. I mean, they did a bit of that in um, um, <clears throat> Meat Boy, right? I suppose there were some levels that were that way oriented, right? Were... Well, the boss levels mainly, I the guess. Bosses, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Sweet. Yeah, so Recommended. It's, it's pretty damn cool. Um, yeah, and I can't really think. I've not really been playing too much else. So we talked about Two Point earlier. I've been yeah, back in that a little bit. Um, haven't played any Wargroove for a while. Didn't go back to Indivisible in the end. My thing about finishing a game <laughs> just kind of happened with that as well. Finished it. I don't go back so much. Uh, yeah, and Zach and I played some ODST a little bit. Oh, yeah, now, you plowing through. About, you and, yeah, you and I talked about it when we did the solo cast, didn't we? I guess. Uh, the, du- the duo cast. Well, we talked about it on one Time of the cast. last two casts of it at some point. Cast, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that game's still good. It's ropey in its animation now. Like it's very, I'm pretty sure it was ropey when it came out, but <laughs> some of those character animations are dodgy as, but. I just like, it would, like I guess the one thing that might be worth saying about it is the Master Chief implementation of it is a bit weird because Master Chief is a bit limited in what it can do. I guess like so the oh. collection is okay. level based. If you see what I mean, so if you went back to any of the previous games, it's like they're kind of a linear level progression, right? But yeah, ODST yeah, yeah. is not ODST is not really like that. It no. has this hub world, and there's bits where you can choose to do the missions in a different order. Right, the flashback um, missions, yeah. Yeah, so because we're playing it in co-op, um, I think Master Chief has always had a bit of a problem of how it saves the co-op campaign. So it like basically always makes you makes you play from the start of a mission. But I think ODST was they planned you to play the levels in a certain order, rather than in the bit where you could pick the three levels in a different order. So if you go if you save in the wrong place, it saves in the streets. But when you reload your save, it saves, it reloads the streets at the very start of the game rather than the streets after the level you just did. If that makes sense, with the, like areas opened up that you could travel to and the bits you're supposed to be doing next opened up. Yeah, because the way we ended up having to do it is you... It doesn't really tell you this, but like if you start the mission that you want to do, it starts you in the streets before that mission, but after the last mission in the order that it thinks you were meant to go through them. I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I think that makes sense. Because we're hard time following that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's because we we done we done one mission and then we just we dropped back into the streets and then we'd quit. And then when we went back to load it again, we we tried loading it and it just loaded the streets from the start of the game. Which and is, we were like, oh no. That's not right. So then we were like, 
what what mission was next in the list like which what mission would have been the next one if you were just working through it in top to bottom order of the list in the game which is like the theoretical order you're meant to do them in but you can choose not to and then if you load if you choose that mission on the mission select even though it just says the name of that mission it still loads you in at the streets but before that mission if you see what i mean it loads you into the streets. Did it, as... did, it, did it just load us straight into that mission, and then we went back to the streets in the right place afterwards? I can't remember. No, because we didn't. We didn't replay any of the streets, did we? Because we we spawned in that specific place, just no, like, like where the jump, yeah. cut, the warthog jumps off the bridge or whatever. Yeah, because we didn't replay the warthog mission, did we? Yeah. So it's it's a weird system. It just like the 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 sort of open world street section is attached to, to that mission, but only if you're doing it in that specific order that it is in the menu. Yeah, makes it which which basically because we were a little bit nervous about the bit where we could pick three missions in a different order. We just played all three of them, so it's like okay, next time we reload, it doesn't matter. We'll be at the place where we do have to do the next. Well, one. and we <laughs> this the second time we saved, we quit inside the mission rather yeah, than in yeah. the streets. So we'll reload, hopefully reload at the start of the actual mission. Um, be nice. So yeah, the, the system for how it handles all that stuff seems a little flawed and not really in the spirit of the original, uh, which is a bit of a shame. Um, I can I can kind of see why it ended up like this, but it's just not really. You should do better. The Master mm. Master Chief Collection is like already filled with problems. This is just another one, I suppose. But, but come on, guys. <laughs> ODST has always deserved better. So. The, oh, it's it's weird because it's. I, I, in some respects, it's not as unique or as technically innovative as the earlier Halo games. It's not as good as Halo 3, maybe, but it's, uh, on a weird way, it's more compelling just because of how it presents itself. It's a stranger. It's the black sheep. It deserves recognition. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's, that's probably me. Hmm. I've forgotten anything else I may need to talk about, uh, so there probably isn't. Cool. Good games. Good games, good games. Good games. Hmm, I wonder if I will get Animal Crossing. I'm tempted. Digital download, perhaps. That fits on a base console, right? You don't have to buy extra flashcards or anything to... <laughs> no. to... Okay, cool. Well, I mean, every, everything theoretically fits on a base console because the it, the memory card you get with it is larger than the cartridge size. Oh, really? Okay. Okay, that's reassuring. Yeah, I assume you could always put put any one game on the on Switch, there. no matter yeah. how big it is. Oh, that's, that's fine then. You might have to uninstall other stuff, but hey. That's no problem. I mean, I think I've got, like... Three games installed. I mean, I mostly oh. just get the physical ones anyway, so I just have a bunch of cartridges. But yeah, yeah so. I think I'd maybe have two or three actual games. So I think there's probably enough space on there for a couple. And I don't even remember what memory card I have in there because I think I did actually get a different one and put it in there because I remember like having right. to 
transfer the files at some point. Hmm. That was a minor bit of news, actually. Um, you've pre-ordered a physical copy of FF7 Remake. They uh, might not get to you, <laughs> thanks to coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. Physical items might be delayed, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Well, speaking of that game, I played the demo. Yeah, and then Zach and I finished the demo after we hadn't last time. Genuinely really fun. It's pretty good. cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I like it. And I might be I might be playing that, even though I don't have that much nostalgia for Final Fantasy VII myself, apart from watching you guys play it. Um uh, the battle system is cool. And uh, I think I think I struggled really a little good. bit with it during the actual Scorpion fight. Like yeah, I mean I, I had trouble figuring out how to dodge the kind of Scorpion yeah. the, um, rockets because I tried rolling and and but it seemed to be better to just do the just guard thing. It. But with yeah. Barrett, it looks really weird because he doesn't really have anything to guard with, so he just sort of puts <laughs> his arm up and then and somehow deflects rockets. Uh, but at least you're you know saving a little bit. And also, um, it's a little bit tricky because like the speed of that attack is is a little bit faster, I think, than I liked because you can get animation locked. Yeah. A little bit so it'll be like cause you can't just like uh, i don't know the bayonetta thing of like oh i'm in the middle of attack oh god i'm in trouble dodge out um at any time it's like you, if you if you've started an attack you're kind of committed to that animation you can't yeah. guard until that animation finishes no you can't um, yeah. so it's a uh, uh you know it can be a little frustrating when it's like you start an attack and then the rockets go up and you're like oh crap <laughs> i had most trouble like trying to maneuver barrett around to shoot the kind of field generator on the back of the thing and then yeah, as soon as i got around to it he would immediately just jump up in the air and turn around it's like oh, god damn it <laughs> yeah i forgot about that for a while and the camera doesn't really the camera work doesn't really help you that much. yeah the camera like it's actually quite hard to get it to because you're kind of busy you're too busy to move the camera if if you <laughs> if it was like a normal like if it was like a action game then you'd be moving the camera as part of the gameplay. But with this, like, there's almost too much going on to move the camera and queue up moves and stuff. Yeah, you, you can vaguely... Well, at least when you're in the pause mode, you can target specific things there. Yes. Which yeah. was useful when the gun turrets were above you at that one point. Um, yeah. You've got, yeah, so you can, so you can move Barrett away from the wall for a bit and then pause it and then be like, all right, I need you to shoot that one specifically right now. I actually had trouble with the kind of ninja guys towards the end or whatever they the shock trooper dudes because I hadn't I didn't actually figure out how you're supposed to fight them. Didn't it try and educate? Oh no, that was earlier, wasn't it? I was about to say, didn't it try and force you to use the uh, clouds other stance? Where he's oh, just is that attack. right? You just murder fight them, do you? Is that the trick? Yeah, I think okay. that was what they tried to tell you. Oh, okay, that's probably what I missed. I hear that you'll maybe you. One of the things that you should do in that in that demo and theoretically in that game is like even in the demo it has like quite a lot of options in the options menu for like camera settings and all that kind oh, of stuff. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And you and even some like it's almost like how I was talking about Louise mentioned originally when it's like there's options in there that kind of change it quite significantly, like how the actual mm. how it handles the camera and that kind of stuff, supposedly. Mm. Mm. So, so it might be worth looking Spend at that. that. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there's some interesting stuff in there, like the ability to basically change it to classic, classic mode. mode. Yeah, yeah I, I, where, I, where it's doing the movement for you and you're just picking the ATV action. might so be worth like, playing the demo in that mode just to see what it's like. Yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to go back and try it because it's 
Like Although, be because a... it says, oh, but this is equivalent of easy difficulty, so it's like, well, that's a bit weird. Well, yeah, because the game's playing itself most of the time. Yeah, I guess so, picking yeah. The, picking the stronger attacks. I guess it's a bit more relaxed, sit-back kind of RPG yeah. style. Yeah, it's interesting that they put it in there to be all like, oh, hey, you can sort of play this like the original, but the game's mm. going to be doing a lot for you. <laughs> and it still has, it looks really cool, and it seems like they've pulled off, like, this the style of the original but updated which is pretty much what everyone i'm i'm just kind of quite impressed that they've actually managed to do it they've actually yeah. managed to remake final fantasy 7 which I never thought they would actually not that they wouldn't do it to make money but that they would do it like well well yeah but and and not just remaking it by having the same mechanics you know like they've exactly gone a different direction it almost seems like it's all worth it <laughs> yeah a, di- a different direction whilst being the same direction which is the fact that the fans were clamoring for it. Usually fans don't yeah. know what they want and they probably shouldn't get remakes of old shit. But in this case, it looks like... Hey, you put the... Yeah, you put the right team on it. Yeah. Good things happen. Yeah. And boy, have we waited for it. I mean... Well... My, my concerns coming out of that demo were that, hey, that sequence follows the... I say hey a lot now. That's my thing. This is your like. I've turned into a hey, this thing. Um, uh, I still say like. Yeah. <laughs> This uh, it follows the the opening sequence of FF Seven pretty closely, right? And so, yeah, the 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 the, the, the still fairly large question mark over this this part of FF Seven is, well, you know, how much have they added? How much they've they I mean, out it, this experience? It's not going to stick. In the original, you can finish it in three or four hours. It's not going to stick this closely for the rest of it. I'm no way. I heard someone talking about how they'd play they'd been to like square at some point and they'd played a different version of this demo and Mm. supposedly from like where you start in this demo and where you end in this demo there's actually stuff that they've cut out within that zone like this demo isn't even that whole sequence oh wow okay so so when you get the full game you'll get more of this sequence yeah supposedly so the demo is like reminiscent of the original intentionally yeah it's like this is literally uh, what happens in the original game but in the remake there might actually be more to it but doesn't the scorpion huh. boss come back like multiple times in the original game as you're as you're leaving the not that boss that specific scorpion one i think you only fight once, once. in the reactor right sorry i didn't play it that much there definitely are other bosses that turn up a couple of times <laughs> hmm. yeah so i'm actually out of I wasn't hyped for this because I don't really care, but now I do. It looks good. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the other takeaway is that they, you can tell that they're characterizing the lesser characters more yeah, beefing them in, up in some way than they didn't before. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure if, I'm not sure they've done a decent job with Wedge. That's the one I'm most unsure about. That's Why are they called Bigson? He Wedge. is the least important one. <laughs> I guess, but, but he just seems like so cartoon now right i know that's weird to be well, saying about final well, fantasy Barrett's pretty cartoon i mean that's what i mean i mean i know it's it's weird to be saying that about final fantasy on some level but he is more he's almost saturday morning cartoon like you know like like a dum-dum yeah. <laughs> which is just, just a, it's a little strange And Jesse's probably a little too thirsty, but as Jim, Stirl- <laughs> but that, as Jim Sterling put it, <laughs> that is the weird like theme of Final Fantasy VII. 
is pretty much just ever all the all the women and cloud. <laughs> it's like it just happens <laughs> repeatedly all through that game. Just wait till Gold Saucer. Oh, yeah. Go on a date with Barrett because because you can <laughs> not go with any of the women. <laughs> Just looking forward to doing squats. Yeah. A hell of a lot of squats. Do those squats. I wonder, I wonder how that mini game will be changed. <laughs> <laughs> it'll probably be like, it'll probably just be like heavy rain. <laughs> no, really Rotate reckon. the control stick as you bend your legs and then push it back up and then pull it back down. <laughs> yeah, multiple button presses on screen at a time rather than what was it? It was just three rhythmic presses before, wasn't it? Although it was different buttons, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Which was a nightmare on the PC version because it used the like the buttons that you never use, and you were like, "What the hell did we buy these?" Two? <laughs> <laughs> it was never obvious, really. What is switch? Where is the switch button? Yeah, it's good. It's good looking. Crisp. Zach's probably going to ruin it for me by forcing me not to play it until we record it somehow. <laughs> It's not ruining it. Let's make it better. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's going to do us, probably, isn't it? How are we doing on the video front? Uh, what we got coming up next? I forget. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I've I forget definitely to... forgotten because I haven't worked on it yet. There was a new one, right? Uh, we uploaded yeah, expand. Came out last expand. Week. Okay. Sweet. Check that one out. I don't remember what we recorded. Oh yeah, that's right. Fez. It's next in our A to Z because we finally yeah. reached F. We <laughs> skipped a few things like Far Cry and stuff that might not be all that interesting. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Fez was next for, for for the list we are adhering to. You're quite uh, excited to do Fez, weren't you, Zeg? Yes. God, yes. Yeah, it's one of. It's, it's, yeah, it's one of, one of my favourite games of all time as well. It's just... It's properly damn decent. Even if it is slightly more glitchy than I remember it. I don't know if it's really slightly more glitchy. <laughs> you probably definitely don't remember it. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like I'm, It probably always was a little like that. But... Cool. We were more forgiving of the 360 era. <laughs> And then who knows what will happen for the next video because we probably won't be able to be at Rob's house to record it. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. And trying we to... might have to do some kind of online video or something. Yeah, whether or not we try and use Steam's remote co-op thing. <laughs> we'll just shit out some more Gungeon runs on remote play. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, we could figure that out. Or whether I have to try and stream it to you whilst we're doing something so I can still record it or... Yeah, something like that. We'll have to come up with a solution. Or we have to run some solo vids, which I don't like the idea of. <laughs> You've got to find a way. There's got to be a way. Yeah. Maybe I could join your remote vids. Oh, that would be cool. If you figure out a way. Yeah. Then there'd be an upside to this. Yeah, because the problem is, is you couldn't really use Twitch, really, because of the delay. Hmm. I couldn't be streaming and having you guys watch it remotely and having you guys be able to react in time in a timely fashion. Um, 
mixer would do the trick, but I don't think you could do that on PC. Um, <laughs> I don't know what YouTube streaming's like. How much delay would there be if you were streaming onto Twitch uh, and we were? Twitch intentionally puts a delay on oh, do for they? competitive reasons. Oh, I see. I think it's about 30 seconds. Like, it's significant. Can you share your screen on fucking Google Hangouts or something? I don't know. God, probably not well enough. No, no, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Yeah, it depends. That Steam solution might be the one, right? Right. Might, um, if there's a way you can make that work outside of Steam games, well, I just don't know if there is. It's, and I'm not sure if it's like it's not all Steam games as well. I don't think the remote play yeah. thing. I think it's only ones that have it enabled. You just want to share your screen, as I say, with two people from Steam. Really, I'm not sure how much delay there is on Steam streaming. Oh right, I see. We'll do it live. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> or, you know, we could just theoretically find some kind of multiplayer game to play and just have only one of us record it. <laughs> or all of us but, record it and just cut the footage up, but then that's far too much work. <laughs> yeah, that's far too much work. We've, we've toyed with that idea before and we didn't get very far. Well, listeners, you'll find out. Um, there'll be more videos at some point, but check out the ones we do have. And... Um, if there's still a society left in two weeks, we'll be back with another <laughs> Salacast. We might be back even if there isn't still a society. <laughs> yeah, true. We'll have run out one... of food, but the toilet roll stocks will have replenished. We'll have replenished. Okay. <laughs> okay. Catch you for that one. To and fro, poop and food. <laughs> poop and food. Ballet. If you don't Continue. eat, you can't poop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>